Welcome to VGK Today, presented by MGM Rewards, a daily podcast bringing you an inside look at the Vegas Golden Knights 2023 Stanley Cup playoff run. I'm Justin Russo with the Golden Knights on Wednesday, June 7th, and the VGK are currently in Sunrise, Florida, as they prepare for Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final against the Florida Panthers. Up 2-0 in the series, Vegas is looking to do just what they did in the Western Conference Final when they went into Dallas for Game 3 and grabbed a 4-0 win to take a commanding 3-0 series lead. The team will be on the ice for practice today at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, and tomorrow they'll have their morning skate at 8.30 a.m. Pacific Time before Game 3 takes place at 5 p.m. As we await some more on-ice action for the VGK, Today, we turn things over to Gary Lawless, who had a great conversation with TSN NHL insider Darren Drager. Well, thanks, Justin. The Stanley Cup is on, and it's obviously the focal point of the hockey world, but that doesn't mean that hockey news stops. And one of the very best newsbreakers in the business, trusted and respected for a long time, uh, is Darren Drager of TSN. Darren, thank you for joining us on VGK today. Yeah, my pleasure, Gary. Thanks for having me. Um, not going to lie, what we saw happen earlier today between L.A., Columbus, and Philadelphia Flyers was uh, some pretty tidy work, a very complex three-way trade. We don't see a lot of it in the NHL. We do see it uh, maybe than we did, say, a decade or so ago. But in a salary cap era, when you're moving out some of the money that we saw move out today, um, you can appreciate how difficult that was and how difficult it had to have been to keep it under the radar. So uh, it's starting to percolate. I, I talked to one general manager, Gary, after the deal went down um, just to, to gauge his level of surprise and whether he was involved. And he said he wasn't, but nor was he surprised just based on the level of discussion and activity that's been buzzing around the national hockey league for the last week or so as teams are, are trying to get their business done and that will intensify this week with a combine going on in buffalo now so we'll get to that in a second the the trade you're discussing columbus acquires ivan Provorov, uh, an excellent young defenseman la gets hayden hodson and kevin connaughton connaughton a veteran and the flyers get cal peterson sean walker helga Granz. Mm -hmm. I think I'm saying that right. Yeah. Uh, Columbus, they get Columbus's 2023 first round pick. Columbus's 2024 or 25, 25 second round pick. And LA is 24, 2024 second round pick. So Keith Jones, our uh -huh. one-time broadcast buddy, he's doing his swan song right now on, <laughs> uh, on TNT. It, it's really interesting, Dregs. Yesterday, so Keith Jones is now the president of the Philadelphia Flyers, but he is also finishing up his contract with Turner. Mm -hmm. Paul Maurice came out of the – he gave his uh, – there are broadcast rights holders meetings with the coaches after the general media session. Mm -hmm. So Paul Maurice came off the, the podium and went out into the hallway and, you know, Eddie Olchick, Chris Cuthbert, uh, you know, all of these, you know, national broadcasters that have that have rights they walk over kenny albert and uh darren pang they walk over to listen and chat with maurice keith jones has to step aside that's part of the agreement 
that right. that they've made is that he won't be, you know, I don't go to Paul Maurice's scrum because right. I work for the Vegas Golden Knights and, uh, you know, I don't want to put Paul in the position to say, hey, Gary, could you step aside? Because yeah, yeah. I, I don't want you taking everything I say right now over to Kelly McCrimmon and Bruce Cassidy. So right. uh, I don't put him in that spot. If uh, And I go to Bruce's, you know, from time to time, uh, if we haven't spoken to him quietly with our organization. But Jonesy stepped away and did not participate. So very interesting. And yeah. I see that him and Danny Briere are getting busy on their rebuild in Philly. Yeah, they did are and uh maybe just a, a taste of what's to come with philadelphia and that rebuild um you know briere has 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 made it clear to the media both locally and uh and and nationally that this is going to be a rebuild you know this isn't going to be putting a band-aid on something and trying transition on the fly and i i i think that's where even the the carter hart speculation a couple of weeks ago surfaced right um, because he was flat out asked whether or not he'd consider Carter Hart in trade. And I'm paraphrasing, but he said, yeah, I, you know, I've got to listen to everything. And, and now we'll watch because I know that, you know, Briere has had conversations about Carter Hart and it makes a lot of sense when you look at the goalie that he just acquired, you know, from the Los Angeles Kings in, in Cal Peterson, but this is part of the bigger picture. Right. And I got a lot of time for Keith Jones, for Danny Briere. And any of the decision makers, and let's include John Tortorelli in that process, because we know he's got a seat at that table. That's been defined. Um, but that market is a hungry one and an impatient market, too. So there's no other way to do it but the right way. And the right way is to embrace the rebuild. And this is a pretty good start, I think, by the Flyers. Ivan Provorov is a pretty nice piece. I think he's a really good player. Uh, he's had an offseason or two in Philly because of, uh, well, they weren't yeah. very good. But they need someone to get the puck up there to Gaudreau yeah. and uh, and Line, et cetera. So uh, I'm interested in your view. They're going to hire Mike Babcock at some point in time. You broke that story uh, a couple of days ago. You were at Kamloops at the Memorial Cup. Yeah, uh, got enough of that of the meat on the bone there that you were comfortable going with it. And it's uh, no one has uh, refuted it. It they haven't announced it yet because. The Toronto Maple Leafs still owe Mike Babcock some money. He doesn't want to walk away from that. I don't blame him. No. So they're going to let that deal expire, and then he'll go join Columbus. Is yeah. it going to work there for Babs? Yeah, you know, this doesn't take me by surprise at all. Um, you know, Mike Babcock has been away from the game, the NHL game, for you know, a couple few years now, and and he dabbled with the University of Saskatchewan. Um, you know, I. I mean, he's done his share of hunting and fishing and skiing and water skiing and all the things that the Babcock family like to do. But in his heart, he knows he's he's a hockey coach and wants to coach again at, at the highest level. Um, but I also think that there's a lifestyle embrace here, Gary. And, you know, we've read and, and we know all the history of Babcock and, and all those who are critics of Mike Babcock in terms of, of how he's treated players and all that. We, we've read it. Um, we've heard players talk about it. Some ex-players very vocal about it. Um, but I think that Columbus is the right fit for him for a lot of different reasons. Geographically, for his family, it makes sense. 
and 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 it's it, it's a smaller market too, right? That's not that I'm not suggesting that he's not going to be asked difficult questions. There's excellent reporting that happens on a daily basis in in Columbus from the the beat people there, but there's a big difference between coaching the Toronto Maple Leafs, coaching the New York Rangers, or coaching the Columbus Blue Jackets in terms of everything that you have to endure. And I that's why I think a smaller not a small, but a smaller market is is a good fit for him to return to the NHL now. Mike Babcock uh, wants to win more than anything else, right? So that that's who he yeah. is. He's yeah. the guy that wants to win. Yeah. And uh, like people are saying, you know, he can't change. He won't change. Mike Babcock will adapt to the moment yeah. because he's going to want to win. Yeah. And that will that that will be the the driving force between any adjustment that he has to make. I don't think, I don't think Mike Babcock is a bad person by any stretch of the imagination. I know too many really good people that I don't know Mike that well, but I know a lot of people that do know him well. And uh, you know, everybody has their flaws. Uh, But Mike is, is regarded by lots of people in the hockey world has, has good person. Has he made mistakes? Uh, yes. listen, I, I don't I, I don't know I, I I wasn't there I haven't done the reporting I haven't even read that much of it but uh the the mob seems to think that uh that that yeah. he made some mistakes well look I mean Yarmo Kekalainen and John Davidson yeah. who run the Columbus Blue Jackets are good experienced hockey executives and good men um if if they weren't comfortable with the vetting process that they did they knew that there would be backlash when this information got out, obviously they knew that, but feel like the coach that they're getting in Mike Babcock because of, of the length of experience and everything that he's accomplished uh, internationally and nationally would be worth it. If, if there was something more sinister in the background, they would have found it and they probably would have said, nah, you know what? It's not worth it. And I would also submit this and I'm not building a podium or defending Mike in any way, shape or form. There wouldn't be many coaches, Gary, and I think you'll admit this and agree with this, who have been around the game as long as Babcock has been along the game, uh, around the game, who haven't changed because you have to change. You can't coach the same way in today's NHL that you coached five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. You just can't. So he better have changed. And I, I, I would suspect that he's learned a lot in the process since he's been away. Yeah, I don't think Mike Babcock's afraid to look in the mirror. Yeah. Anyway, so let's move on from that subject. Uh, You're a hockey fan. What have you thought of the Stanley Cup so far? And I know you've been watching from afar. Uh, I want to know what the like. We've been in the building, and then I go home right after, and I watch the game on the television as well. Uh, But I've been watching it on the on TNT. We've been watching the hockey night in Canada. What does Vegas look like this time (laughs) around uh, in terms of atmosphere? Oh, I'm jealous for that for 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 that part of it alone for not being there and experiencing not just what's going on in the building when the game is on or the pregame or all of that, but uh, just the 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 city and how the community has embraced the Vegas Golden Knights from day one, from day one, and now you're in two Stanley Cup championships and in a great spot, and it sure feels like the city is electric and the. Vegas Golden Knights are a big part of that. So in that respect, I wish I was there. Um, the hockey, uh, you know, what we saw last night for me was was very telling. Um, 
you know, I cheer for individuals in the sport. I don't cheer for one team. So that's where it gets difficult, right? I mean, you know my history with Paul Maurice. Um, I think he's one of the finest people in the sport. And 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 I'll acknowledge he's a friend of mine. So, yeah, I'd like to see him hoist that Stanley Cup. But I've got friends, good friends, and long history with people of the Vegas Golden Knights as well. And then when you boil it down to uh, to just purely the element of hockey, holy smokes, how can you not be impressed? by what we're seeing from the Vegas Golden Knights. That's that's what it is to me. Like, you know, I to, to dive in. So, you know, I'm watching that game late last night, and I see Eichel get clocked by by Matthew Kachuk, and I think all of us were worried immediately because of of his response physically and, and how quickly he tried to get to the bench. And then off he goes to the dressing room, and you're like, oh, no. Um, then to see him come back and – to see what he did as soon as he came back. I mean, the guy didn't miss a beat. And then he explains it beautifully post-game. And you're like, a phenomenal story. Not just that moment was. Of course, it could have been a turning point. But Eichel just in general. And and there's so many different layers to the story that is the Vegas Golden Knights. So, I mean, it's pretty obvious that if the Florida Panthers are going to claw their way back into this series they're going to have to find something magical because there's a difference between losing a game in overtime, losing a game that's real tight and finding a way to, to maybe get that opportunistic goal or finding a way to get your power play going. They haven't been able to do any of that. And I just don't see how they're going to be able to, to push back within a game or two of the Vegas Golden Knights based on everything that's going right now for the Knights. Well, Vegas has been the best five on five team in the playoffs. One of the best five on five teams. Yeah. HL all year, yeah. break down Boston the, the whole year. But what held Vegas back in terms of being, you know, crazy elite like Boston was special teams. Yeah. Power play never clicked all year. And the penalty kill was just average too. Well, in this, in the Stanley Cup final, Vegas is four for 11 on the power play and yeah. seven for seven on the penalty kill. So, like, like that would have been like the, 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 the crack that Paul Maurice would have tried to sure to, to drive his wedge into, but that hasn't happened. You, you and I both worked in Manitoba uh, at different times, but both uh, yeah. got to experience Kelly McCrimmon in the Western Hockey League. And, you know, it, it's not unfair to say that he was the, the most powerful voice at in that league for a very long time. Kelly McCrimmon got Correct. in the Western Hockey League and, was very successful. Uh, you know, never got a Memorial Cup, but you know, yeah. uh, got to got to the got to the Western Hockey League final a number of times. Are yeah. you surprised that he's been able to take those skills that he that he developed there and apply them at the NHL level? A little bit, and and I say that with hesitation because then that suggests that maybe I didn't know Kelly as well as I thought I did. Um, no one will outwork Kelly McCrimmon in that business. And yep. that was the case in major junior hockey in Brandon. And that definitely is the case in the national hockey league. The man is fearless. He's incredibly smart, um, superbly creative, has the support of George McPhee and obviously ownership of Bill Foley. And when you have that, then you, you can do all of the things that I just mentioned and put that in a pot and boil up a pretty nice brew. And, and, you know, he, he approaches his job almost fearless, right? What's the end goal? Well, the end goal is the goal that was established when Bill Foley, you know, 
bought into expansion and brought the Golden Knights to Vegas. And that was to win a Stanley Cup. So if you're not employing people who are smart and fearless and as aggressive and hardworking as McCrimmon and McPhee are, well, then chances are you're, you're not going to fulfill that goal. So it seems like I've, I've used this, this, this compilation a number of times and talking about the Vegas Golden Knights. They've got supreme ownership. They've got management that is, is incredibly shrewd, sharp, hardworking, aggressive, all the things that I've already talked about. Unbelievable coaching in Bruce Cassidy and the staff, not just Bruce, and heart and soul players like Mark Stone and others. I don't need to preach to you about that. You know all of it, but you got to know what you're doing when you're bringing in piece after piece after piece because it's not just a collection of assets it's knowing how that piece is going to fit into what you've built thus far and kelly and company have done a masterful job of that just to when you draft people you you know you don't know them when you draft them but then you know they you get them as an 18 or 19 year old yeah. and then they develop and then eventually you let them into your dressing room you know who they are by yeah. the time they get there and you may decide you know this guy doesn't fit and you you part ways you trade when you go out and spend the money like they did on 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 Eichel, Stone, and Petrangelo, now they yeah. knew Stone. Kelly coached them in Major Junior. They knew Stone. Yeah. But Eichel and Petrangelo were were unknowns. Yeah. And Petrangelo said to me today, he said, Kelly and George have done a great job bringing in the right kind of people. And it goes back to what Kelly said to me when he traded for Brett Howden. Brad had all uh, had been drafted by Tampa, didn't work there. Was with the Rangers for a couple of years, didn't work there. Kelly swung a deal to get him, and uh, before I could say why, he said to me, "I'm betting on the person." He knew Brett Howden from watching him play junior hockey and from him being in in Manitoba circles, and he knew he was a good guy, a good person. And wow, what a story he's been! Uh, right. It's really fun watching him uh thanks a lot dregs this was uh <laughs> uh it came together at the last minute but uh consummate pro that you are uh fantastic thank you well you bet well you're always willing to help me so this is the least i can do enjoy the rest of the final gary great thanks darren okay justin back to you thank you very much gary it's always fun to get a peek behind the curtain with guys like darren because as you alluded to the news cycle does not stop in the nhl which means the insiders and newsbreakers always have to be on their toes and look out for the latest developments for all 32 teams. So while the majority of the NHL is focused on the offseason and the upcoming entry draft, the Golden Knights and Panthers, of course, have their eyes set on Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final. Again, Game 3 will take place tomorrow from South Florida at 5 p.m. Pacific time, but there are some great opportunities to have some fun here in Vegas as we have not one but two watch parties scheduled for Game 3. The first is at Circa's Stadium Swim. This watch party will be 21 and older and will begin at 2 p.m., so plenty of time to enjoy yourself before that 5 p.m. puck drop between the Golden Knights and the Panthers. Admission is free for fans wearing VGK gear, and you'll enjoy some giveaways, including a pair of tickets to the team's next home game and a cabana at Stadium Swim. So option one for watch parties is to relax poolside and catch Game 3 at Stadium Swim, which is a pretty good time if you ask me. The second option is a more family-friendly offering at The Lawn in downtown Summerlin. This watch party is open to fans of all ages, and it will be free to attend. You can look forward to food trucks, a drink station, 
and a retail truck with VGK gear for sale at the watch party. You're encouraged to bring some blankets or towels and relax on the lawn for Game 3. Watch party begins at 4, with puck drop at 5 between the Golden Knights and the Panthers. So even though the team is on the road for the next couple of games, head on down to either Stadium Swim or The Lawn at downtown Summerlin tomorrow for a great time with your fellow VGK fans for Game 3. That'll do it for today's episode, but before we leave you, I'll encourage you to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a moment of the team's quest for the Stanley Cup right here on VGK Today. Tomorrow, we're back to get you set for Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final between the Golden Knights and the Panthers. Justin Russo signing off for Episode 52 of VGK Today, presented by MGM Rewards. <laughs>